You are listening to the Business First Creatives Podcast. I'm your host, Coley James. In each episode, you will hear real-life stories, behind-the-scene takes, and practical insights for how to streamline and grow a creative business that brings you joy and a paycheck. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Business First Creatives Podcast. Today, I am chatting with lifestyle, newborn, and family photographer, Natasha Sewell. Natasha, welcome to my podcast. How are you this morning? I am great, Coley, and I am thrilled to be here. I am super excited to chat with you because I feel like your journey to opening a photography business is very different than the rest of us. So first of all, Let's let's give the listening audience like an intro, some context. So early 2022, where was your business located? My business in early 2022 was in North Carolina, Pinehurst, mm-hmm. North Carolina, which is rural North Carolina and Washington, D.C. <laughs> but it was mainly in North Carolina. Yeah. So you were you were pretty much your business was located in North Carolina. You were taking sessions in Washington, D.C. because that's where your husband was based. You were basically bouncing between two states. And then you came to me and you were like, Coley, I'm interested in changing my systems to Dubsado. And in between you hiring me and us actually doing your system setup, you made a full move to Washington, D.C. So how's that been for you? That has been amazing and was the right decision. It is very challenging to run a business as a single entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So I have no employees, no nothing in two different locations that are as different as Washington, (laughs) D.C. and rural North Carolina. (laughs) I mean, and yeah, so you, you located, you know, you relocated, you changed your systems. Did you do any other major changes in your life or in your business in 2022? So we did a major renovation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can see my kitchen behind me. This is the best light in my teeny tiny apartment. And so we did a major renovation. That was on the personal side. On the business side, I actually just hired a copywriter (gasps) to revamp my website because my clientele is a little different in those Mm -hmm. two locations. And I tried to change it myself. And I think I'm missing the mark slightly. So I decided to invest in a copywriter. Well, that's amazing. So in the last year, you have moved locations, mm-hmm. changed from 17 hats to Dubsado, and now you are hiring a copywriter to do a website rebrand. I mean, the other major thing, Natasha, is you did turn 50. Let's just say oh, welcome to 50. <laughs> and I mean, I I talk about how old I am all the time. I feel like my photography business is winding down, but I feel like yours is just really getting momentum. So what did you go to college for and what did you do before you became a photographer? So I studied elementary education Mm -hmm. at Miami University in Ohio. I taught first grade. I loved it. It's a really fun age to teach. And then got married while I was teaching and got pregnant like immediately. And so my husband at the time was in medical school and we were very fortunate because he was active duty military. So he was being paid in medical school, which is not always the case. Not common. (laughs) No, not common. And so I was afforded the luxury of staying home with my kids. We had kids, boom, boom, boom. And yeah, so I was a stay-at-home mom for many, many years. 
Yeah. And so when did you open your photography business? And how did you decide to actually open a photography business? Because I know everybody has a different story. But it usually starts with, well, I had kids and I love taking photos of them. And then I figured I could do it for other people. But what is your photography business origin story? So mine's a little bit different. So my husband deployed in 2009, 2010 to Afghanistan. And I, my kids were in school full time. And I was a little bit bored. I was volunteering a ton at their school, but I was a little bored. I've always loved taking pictures, but honestly, it was in auto mode. I literally had no idea what I was doing. I never (laughs) edited a picture before. So I took some online classes. And by the time my husband got back, I was buying a lot of equipment that was expensive. And so he's like, yeah, I think maybe you need to evaluate this hobby. (laughs) (laughs) So that kind of pushed me to open a business. I also was doing tons of sessions for friends or, you know, taking their holiday card picture and all that stuff and wanted to give it a shot. Now, have you always focused on families and newborns or did you try any other genres before you, you know, got your sweet spot? Because in-home family and newborn photography is definitely your gift. Well, you are super kind. So I was opposed newborn photographer until summer of 2019. So for six years, yeah, six years in my business, I did, I had a studio, I used lighting. It was like a very different genre. (laughs) I did specialize in newborns, families, but it was definitely more of a posed experience. And then when my husband took a job in DC, I knew I could not afford a studio in DC because real estate's super expensive. So I had to figure out a way to bring my photography to DC affordably. Okay. <laughs> so that's when I hired Sabrina. Okay. And so was Sabrina the, the way that you transitioned from having mm-hmm. a studio into in-home photography? Uh, so fascinating. A hundred percent. That was it. I have followed Sabrina on Instagram forever. Like literally she laughs when I tell her things that like, I remember her posting from years ago and I used to DM her stuff and she would always answer in the kindest of ways. And so when I decided to do this, I reached out to her and mentored with her. And you went to Dallas to do your mentorship? I did. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I love about you, Natasha, is the value that you place on education in terms of, you know, furthering your business and going far. And so I do love that Sabrina was the way that you transitioned Mm -hmm. from your studio into in-home photography. Have you done any other major education opportunities, mentorships? I have. It took me a long time to realize the value of in-person education. Yes. So long. Like if I could go back and kind of get a refund on all those online posing classes for newborns, I would. But when I decided to jump in with in-person education, I mentored with a posed newborn photographer there. I also did something called the Baby Summit, which was done by Kelly Brown. It was in Atlanta and it was a conference of all newborn photographers. And I wish I could go back to that and take the classes that were all lifestyle newborn photography because there were some and I didn't take one because I just was concentrating on post. I've done WPPI, but then more recently, I would say in the past year, I've done a lot. I've done mastermind and retreat with Brooke Schultz, mastermind and retreat with Sabrina Gebhard, Morgan Williams I've mentored with, and also love Daphne May. And literally the past 18 months. I've done all that. 
So there's just so much value in in person education. It just took me a long time to get there. <laughs> I, you know, and and now that I know that you were a first grade teacher, your value of education makes so much more sense to me. I can't even tell you. I, I didn't know that about you, and now I do. <laughs> so let's talk about systems just for a minute, because that is, of course, how you and I know each other. I mean, we knew each other on the internet. But then you came to me and you said, well, Coley, I want to leave 17 Hats and I want to go to Dubsado. So what prompted that change in your business? So I have been with 17 Hats since I went to the Baby Summit. So I don't, I can't remember what year that was. Maybe 2016, 2015. It might've even been before that. I honestly can't remember. But I was very fortunate in that I know someone who works for 17 Hats. And so I got assistance setting that up, complimentary assistance setting that up, which awesome. I was very fortunate in. But I, because I did that, I did not learn the system fully. And so I was sort of winging it, <laughs> as you maybe know from going in my back end of 17 Hats. <laughs> maybe a um, bit. Yeah. And then because I was making a move and because I just needed like a, a redo, <laughs> Mm-hmm. I thought jumping systems was honestly the best answer for me. Like I didn't want to go into 70 hats and basically delete everything and start from scratch, but I also knew I needed something else. And to be honest, the proposals are what sold me on Dubsado. They are just so beautiful. <laughs> what I mean, what you put together for me is so gorgeous. Clients comment on it all the time. And so that was honestly what really sold me on it. And you, of course. <laughs> Well, thank you. I mean, I say often, like, the actual automations available in 17 Hats are really not bad. The fact that 17 Hats will let you import all of your bank transactions and basically use it like QuickBooks makes it, you know, a top-tier product for solopreneurs. But where I always break it down, particularly for us visual artists, is if you are a visual artist... Dubsado is probably the best choice for you because of all of the branding opportunities so that you can deliver a proposal that feels very on brand and aligned with the rest of the service that you're providing. I mean, because as photographers, as you just said, you know, you're investing in a copywriter to give that website an upgrade. But I think every single photographer that you and I know puts a lot of effort into the images that they choose for their website, Mm -hmm. the layout, how it leads them. And I always think that people are missing something if they hand somebody like a computer generated invoice when they're asking for money. It's like, no, your website was beautiful. The consultation call with you was probably amazing. But then you like send me this very plain <laughs> proposal and you're like, pay me all of this money. And I'm, I just I think it's a disconnect. So most people do say that the proposals are what bring them over to Dubsado. Mm-hmm. So sure. I were. I was going to ask you what your favorite thing I created for you was, but it's probably. (laughs) It is most definitely the proposals. I mean, they're beautiful. And the thing I love about them too, is that it really, in a visual way, again, photographer, as you just said, we like visual, walks you through the process before someone says, yes, I want to accept this. And I think that that's the plus because before I was sending people an email that just reiterated what the process was in like a very small paragraph. And then an invoice was generated that, as you said, was just like a random here, give me this money. And, you know, so it's just a better process for my clients. 
So what about the process? How do you feel about the system that you're using now in Dubsado versus 17 Hats? I mean, proposals aside, is there anything good or bad that you feel that you want other people to know if they're considering a switch from 17 Hats to Dubsado? I will say I do think 17 Hats is a little bit more intuitive. Like Mm -hmm. there's less steps sort of you have to do, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I do appreciate. However, I do think Dubsado is very easy to use. I did a model call because I'm doing a personal project and I set up the questionnaire and the workflow and everything by myself. Can you believe that, Chloe? And it worked. That's what was even better. It worked. (laughs) Now, did you start from scratch or did you use one of the ones that I'd already mm -hmm. created and then duplicate and customize it? So I duplicated Mm -hmm. some emails and I did not do a proposal for this because it's a complimentary session. So it wasn't really necessary, Mm -hmm. but I did duplicate things and then make changes but I did it and I was really proud of myself and it worked seamlessly. And so that was great. That is amazing because I deal with two different types of clients in my business. I deal with people like you who come to me and they're like, Coley, I don't want to learn this. Can you just set the whole thing up for me and make it beautiful? And I, of course, do that. And I offer you the support and I answer you questions. You know, I answer your questions when you have them. But then I also have the other side of my business, which is the course. And so people in there tend to be a little bit more DIY. But every once in a while, I get someone that I ask, well, why did you choose the course over a VIP day if budget is not an issue? Because, of course, there's a very big difference between the course and the VIP day. But it's often that I get the response, oh, no, I wanted to learn. I need to learn to do it so that I can make changes. And I'm always like, But my VIP day clients do learn how to use it (laughs) and they are capable of making changes. But it's like an objection that I don't quite know how to address because people are like, well, no, I mean, if I just have you do it, I'll never learn it. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, I really want to make sure that you learn it when I hand it over to you because I encourage all of my VIP day clients, you know, every six months. You should be looking at your emails. You should be figuring out if there's anything you need to change. If you have new offers like Natasha did with the model call, you should be totally be able to set up the new workflow and the new forms without coming to me for additional support. So I love that you were able to do that, Natasha. No, I did it. And I will say it was easier to do that than in 17 Hats. 17 Hats does not let you delete things very easily. Mm-hmm. And so that's why my account was just so insane because I had like emails from like years ago I was sending. Like it was just anyway. So I will say in Dubsado, it's a lot easier to do that when you change something you know, they let you delete it, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And like that does make it because it just is less overwhelming when you go into it. <laughs> I agree. Sometimes I go into people's accounts and I'm like, you have 33 proposals. <laughs> Why do you have 33 proposals? And occasionally, and I mean, you know, tip for the listening audience, sometimes people don't know that when they're hitting save and copy, that it's actually saving a brand new copy every single time. And so I've had actually multiple people that I've gone into their accounts and I'm like, I just looked at 10 proposals and I can't tell what the difference is. Why are there 10 copies of this? And they're like, oh, well, I just needed to do this one thing. And like, I don't know. It just kept on making copies. And I'm like, you just hit save. Save. Not save and copy. (laughs) Save. 
So, I mean, that is one of the things that I do when I go into someone's account and it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It's, it's overwhelming with the number of duplicate and, you know, templates and all of the things in the account. So I really do like streamlined things, as you know, and I know that you love streamlined things. Mm -hmm. No, it's very easy. And I do not have 33 proposals. You'll be glad to know. (laughs) So, I mean, you've already admitted that you're mostly a solopreneur. Is there anything in your business that you outsource? So I did hire an SEO expert when I added DC as a location. And then also she revamped stuff when I fully got rid of North Carolina. That was some of the best money I've ever spent. Most of my inquiries right now are from Google. So that means I I don't know where I'm showing up. I kind of don't want to know. So I haven't looked, but I obviously am in a good position because I am getting Google inquiries. Um, So that was great money spent. But no, I know Sabrina's on me to send out my editing. But to be honest, I'm in a different stage in life. I don't have kids at home. My kids are grown. So I have the time to edit and I like Mm -hmm. editing. So I have not, I onboarded, but I never followed through. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to say, I I don't think everyone needs to outsource everything. I mean, I know that you guys all hear me on the podcast, outsource, 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 but it really is about the season in your life. And you are definitely in a different season than the rest of us that have, you know, I mean, mine's 12. (laughs) She's not so tiny anymore, but particularly for photographers that have tiny children around, I mean, every minute that you spend editing is probably a minute that you could spend with your children. So unless you really enjoy editing, that is usually the low hanging fruit where, you know, people like Sabrina and I suggest that photographers get time back in their business. But I will say, Natasha, even though you say that, you know, you're not outsourcing your editing, you outsource the big projects. You know your I limits. Do. So you hired me to do systems. You hired um, someone to do your SEO. You just hired someone for your copywriting. I was surprised that you did your own website, but I was like, you go, girl. <laughs> I did. Now, I did use a template, and my SEO person, Stephanie Morris, did tweak some things on my website. Okay. I won't lie. Thinking of all of the changes that you made in your business in 2022, what does 2023 look like for you? What, Where are you going to be focusing your efforts in your business in 2023? So I am working on a personal project that I actually started last year, but it sort of failed to launch because my execution wasn't exactly where I wanted it to be. So I've reevaluated that project. And that is actually going to be a big focus of the beginning of the year is my motherhood project on mm-hmm. calm and chaos. And so oh, it, I love that. Mm-hmm, okay. It just feels my soul. So motherhood to me is I grew up with a sister. This is very stereotypical, but I grew up with a sister. We were very oh. calm. <laughs> like my mom had it a little bit easy, my mommy mm-hmm. and dad, but I raised three boys and my house was chaos, like all the time. So those are the two sides of motherhood to me. So I'm doing this project to capture the calm and the chaos, hopefully in two frames with, I have nine models, families set up, moms and kids. So that is going to be my focus at the beginning of the year, but really just expanding my DC business and really focusing in on what gives me joy Mm -hmm. and not saying it's hard to move your business and not say yes to every project that comes your way. And I have been very intentional about not saying yes to everything. I have actually sent out a lot of no's. (laughs) Good job. So building the business that just makes me happy. 
So let's just tap into that one more time because I do feel like, you know, lots of people, there is a lot of anxiety around moving your business. And I think I've been fortunate, like the year that I was, I should say my pre-business year. So the year that I shot everyone for free to build my portfolio was here in Colorado, but I specifically did not start a business while I was doing that portfolio building because I didn't think we'd stay here. Like James was on the back end of a postdoc. I was just literally waiting to see where he was going to get a job so that I could then, you know, open a business there. And so I remember the day that he came home and he's like, I got the job. And I was like, okay, Colorado Department of State, (laughs) fill out my business license, enter. I was like, October 27th, 2012 is when I became a legal business in Colorado. But what tips do you have for people who are considering a big move? I mean, because I mean, your move was quite different rural North Carolina to like Metro DC. But do you have any tips for people who are contemplating a move of their business? Yes. There are a couple things I did. First of all, the DC photography community is amazing. They are so supportive. I would send an Instagram DMs questions to people because let's be honest, the DC government is a mess. (laughs) So it's a little confusing. And I have an accountant and I hired an attorney to move my LLC, like all of that stuff, all the businessy stuff, but there's still questions that come up. So I reached out to people in the community. Everyone was so welcoming and so wonderful. So I highly recommend doing that. And then honestly, hiring the SEO person was huge for my business. I mean, you can do it yourself. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I had been somewhat, like I had been blogging for DC pretty much nine months before I moved, but putting some money in SEO is a big deal. It just is. So that would be my biggest, my, the two biggest things I would recommend. I mean, those are great. I think those are awesome. I'm, I think I should reach out to Stephanie to come onto the podcast. She's (laughs) Stephanie's amazing. You know how much I value SEO. It's funny. I mean, I've never talked about this on my own podcast, except for when I had Selly on here. But from day one, I put a lot of emphasis into Google. I would say in my first three years of business, 90% of my inquiries came from Google because I didn't know anybody here, at least no one that was willing to pay my prices Mm -hmm. (laughs) when I opened my business. So I solely relied on Google. And then it was about year three where I started to get the referrals from the current clients. And then the current clients were like rebooking because they were pregnant again. And so- It was pretty much a snowball from there, but I spent so much time and energy on blogging and, you know, adding all of the images to the websites and making sure that they had alt tags and doing all of the things so that I could get my page ranked as high as possible. And I do love that for people who are not really into learning all of those ins and outs, that there are professionals that you can outsource that to. Absolutely. And there are SEO courses too. I mean, certainly people could take a course probably and figure it out themselves, but like, I don't touch anything on my website that has to do with like a headline, a title, a page name. No, (laughs) Stephanie basically don't touch it. Like she did it and it works. People question it, but you, I mean, there are a lot of courses out there for SEO. So people can do it themselves. 
I took Fool Your Photos, and I will link that in the show notes. I mean, Corey and Dylan are awesome and amazing. They have resources, whether you're Squarespace or your Show It or your regular WordPress or any of those things. I did really go through their course when I moved my photography website from Profoto WordPress into Mm -hmm. Show It. I wanted to make sure that I was maximizing the SEO, that I was doing things properly, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. 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 Good resources out there. Yeah. Well, Natasha, I'm just going to ask you one more question, but I think you, I mean, you said that the SEO was like the best investment that you made in your, in your business to move. What's the best investment that you've made just overall in your business? Education. For sure. Just all of the education. All the education. But I I think the big thing for people to remember is education is not just about learning. It's about connecting with other people. Yes. And especially for photographers, it's a lonely business. I mean, it really is. Like your clients are awesome. You see them. But a lot of the time you're just doing everything on your own Mm -hmm. and not interacting with other humans. So I feel like I really have a great community of photographers in my life. And it's really all thanks to education and taking part in it. So education by far is the best thing I've ever done for my business. Awesome. And I am so happy to be part of your community. Yes. (laughs) Well, Natasha, tell the listening audience where they can find you on the internet. Yes. So my website is npsphotography.com. And that is where you can find me on Instagram. I am really bad about Facebook. You can follow me there, but you may never see me there. So NPS Photography. Awesome. Well, Natasha, thanks you so much for coming on the podcast. This was a blast. I love every conversation that I have with you. And while this is going to air after we are together at Photo Native, I can't wait to see you in three weeks in Palm Springs. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Cannot wait. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Business First Creatives podcast. For more information on this podcast, including show notes and links to the video podcast, please visit coleyjames.com slash podcast. Are you loving the podcast? Sharing is caring. Until next time.